Hello everyone, I am so glad that you're joining me today. I am so ready to steep in the word and uh, spend some time with you all discovering what Romans 5 is about. It has been quite a joy studying this book together and I'm going to dive right in. We're going to read chapter 5 verses 1 through 5. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. If you've ever been to the peak of a mountain, you know that it was worth the climb. I remember standing on one particular mountain and being very, very exhausted, but looking out across the tops of the mountains in the early morning sunlight, because we started really early in the morning, and being absolutely amazed that I could see for as long as I could. Could see for miles and miles, and it was absolutely gorgeous. But there had been many times that I didn't know if it would be worth it. Uh, blisters and, and just being sore. It was a 17-mile round trip that we did in one day, but I was very sure that it was worth it when we made it to the top. That is exactly what we see in Romans 5, 3-5. And I'll just take you to the top of the peak so you know that it's worth it, and we'll work our way back down to the very, the very unsuspected base camp. Most everyone would love to have what is in verse 5. They want to know that what they hope in is sure. They want to know that their hope, what they put their trust into, will not forsake them and mock them when it is shown to be what it is. When the cards are laid on the table, they want to know that they've kept their poker face and played their cards right. Everybody wants to know that where they're headed is a safe direction. Who doesn't want surety? Who doesn't want to be able to trust that everything is going to be okay? And that is what Paul says in verse 5. This hope does not put us to shame because of the one we have our hope in. God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Helper, the Holy Spirit, He who is always with us. He's been given to us for the purpose of encouragement. So how do we get to this place of complete assurance and comfort and hope? Well, this is when we have to back up in the text. We have to take a step down from the peak of the mountain, the peak that everybody wants to be at. Well, the peak of the mountain uh, doesn't make sense without all the other rocks underneath of it. These other rocks are character and endurance and suffering. What causes us to need hope is the very nature of this world. If we already knew everything, we wouldn't need God. Just as we've seen before, every man and every woman that has ever lived has sought the knowledge of God for him or herself so that they might be God. But that is the essence of trust, is not knowing, but knowing the one who does know. The reason for our sufferings is so that we might have hope 
and trust God and know Him, because every other way leads to us wanting to do it by ourselves. We see that a true orientation to who God is in our minds and hearts does not lead to a bitterness that God has subjected us to suffering, but it's, it's a cause for rejoicing. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. When we suffer and we are put through the ringer, so to speak, if we are weak and without help, we collapse. But if we know that we have a Father who is there with us and has sent His Spirit to be with us through that and has given us hope, then we endure. And when we are the type of people who trust God and endure through sufferings, He gives us character. He shapes us into people who continually trust Him and do what's right no matter the situation. And in that, it leads us to a greater hope, knowing that our crown will be much greater than anything we can earn by pulling ourselves up by our own bootstraps. We've seen this in Romans before. We can either rely on our own know-how and fail, ultimately because we are not eternal beings and our glory is not eternal, or we can turn to the one who is eternal and who knows all things and can fulfill all of our desires. But we have to turn to him as a father and not come to him shaking our fist and demanding that he fix all of our problems. This is Hebrews 11 and 12. Hebrews 11 1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. We trust the one who holds all things in his hands because he is unseen. There is something better than what is here and now. So when we get all tied up in the struggles of this life and the things that we can see, and we can't see where the provision is coming from, we should look to our Father who is above all the struggle and suffering. And that's exactly what we see in Hebrews 12. Therefore, verse 1, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, all these other men and women of faith, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Look at the load Christ bore for us. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord. Do not be weary when reproved by him, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. Suffering can either be seen as a cause to get angry at God or 
If we remember that God is indeed our Father, we can know that He's in control and that He's doing this for our good, to remind us of our place, especially knowing that not one of us deserved His grace to begin with. But these kind of sufferings, in Romans 5 again, produce endurance. And that endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And that hope does not put us to shame because of the one who has promised us eternal life with him forever. You see, the folly of the cross becomes wisdom. There is no escape from suffering. That's just our world because of sin. But we can either try to overcome suffering by ourselves and make ourselves worse, and at the very least not achieve eternal life, or we can look to our Father and endure the discipline that he has given us, thankfully, for joy, as it says in verse 3, rejoicing in our sufferings because of the love he has given us, counting it as a reason to praise him, knowing that his son endured much worse so that we might have the eternal joy that does not fade. When faced with hard circumstances, we have two choices. We may look at suffering and turn bitter and angry against God and perish alone with no memory to follow us. Or we may cling to the cross of Christ, the very emblem of suffering and shame, and have the hope of glory on the very edge of death that awaits us, knowing that the promise is sure because the one who created all things is calling us home. Let us use every disappointment, every moment of suffering to call to mind what he has done for us. And it should also be said that very few of us actually understand what suffering is. Let us not be petulant children demanding comfort from our Father when we have directly disobeyed him for so long. Let us, like the prodigal son, pick our face up out of the pig trough, remember where there is good food, and return to his word for comfort. There is only one source of eternal delight, and is not in complaining or grumbling, but it is in the promise of eternal life found in the cross of Christ. Father, we can't live without you. It's absurd. Life ends and it doesn't go on. Without you, there is no reason. Make us turn to you and find the joy that is in the cross of Christ. Help us to accept discipline joyfully so that we might grow in our trust and our hope in you. Thank you for the blessing of the Holy Spirit that will be with us through all we will face. Help us to remember the love that you have poured into our hearts that makes our life worth it. Grant us now to pursue only you above all else. Amen. Amen.